Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Monsters and Mixers the spine-chilling podcast guaranteed to quench your thirst for all things spooky and one thing drinky. Can't get enough of paranormal or true crime stories? Then this is the place for you. We are your hosts, Amy and Emma, and each episode will feature a new story and a new cocktail recipe to help calm your nerves while you listen. So grab your ingredients, pull the covers up tight, and prepare to be terrified by tales of the darkness among us. Welcome back to the Monsters and Mixers podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. It's been a long week, but... It has been a long week. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> so, for those of you who might just be joining us, we are your hosts. I am Amy. And I am Emma. Sorry, that was rude of me to not introduce myself. That's all right. We'll let it slide. Just this once. Happy fall. Fall is in full swing. I'm so happy about it. It's really nice. It got kind of cold last night. I think it was in the 50s, yeah, which was super fast. We went from blazing hot to freezing cold. I'm not mad about it. This is my favorite time of the year. I feel like I thrive when I sleep with my windows open. Yeah, well, judging by the amount of congestion (laughs) and coughing that I hear, I'm not so sure. My thing is, like, I sleep with my window wide open and then a fan blowing directly on my face. So I just wake up, like, feeling like I'm on the precipice of death, like, every day. But I love my room to be freezing cold, so. And the humid, low humidity probably helps you breathe a little bit better. And yeah, probably. I would imagine. We have some, we're going to talk about a couple things today. Um, we're going to talk about our main case. It's a true crime case. It's my week to do something. And then, of course, there's a lot of um, recent news in the true crime community that I feel like we should probably address. Yeah, as much as I hate to talk about an active and open case. I do think that we would be doing a disservice if we did not at least mention it a little bit. Yeah, we have had some people ask us if we're going to do an episode. Um, Given the fact that it's still an open case and it's very fresh, I feel like we need to wait a little bit. Um, I have seen some. There is a very good video. Stephanie Harlow on YouTube laid out the entire timeline very well. Um, And Kendall Ray did one as well. But I feel like it's a little early. A little yeah. premature to do like a full monetized episode on Gabby. I was gonna if say, you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking Gabby. about Gabby Petito. Um, but um, some, I feel like this has evolved hourly almost yeah. since it began. Like one hour, you could have one piece of information, and then within like forty-five minutes, you could have another piece of information that completely changes everything. Um, it's crazy to watch. I don't know if I've seen something like take the media by storm in my lifetime in the way that this has outside of maybe Casey Anthony, but I was like really young yeah, to remember that happening. 
it was it definitely had its own momentum from the beginning and i think the reason for that i've heard lots of people saying they think it's because she's this really cute little blonde white girl and i think that has something to do with it and i do know that there is a racial bias definitely as far as like media coverage and things like that but i think it also has a lot to do with it was just so weird that to have someone's boyfriend come home in their vehicle without them and just immediately like go full lockdown mode and not talk to anyone and get a lawyer just screamed something is freaking wrong the whole time and she wasn't just a random like person who no one knew before this happened i believe she was over a hundred thousand followers on instagram yeah so she did have a following like people knew who she was and tiktok took this case and just like ran with it um which can be good and can be bad i feel like a lot of good things have come from tiktok i've seen a lot of really well-made videos that are made in good faith solely to get information out there and to help the investigation obviously with armchair sleuths you're gonna have your people who are just opportunistic who want to get some views on a video and don't really care mm-hmm. and a lot of misinformation but and a lot of really crazy out there crackpot conspiracies yeah. the story's crazy enough people you don't have to make up details the real details are so goddamn yeah. bizarre that it makes no sense to come up with something to try and beat what's already just insane mm-hmm. and we have to remember that this is real life This is a real family, multiple families affected by this. These are real parents, real siblings, um, people who are dealing with this in real time. I know it's easy to get lost when you're on the internet and you think that, oh, I just, I can't wait to see like the next update. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's exciting for you to see like what's happening as far as advancements in the case go. But you got to remember with like every update, that's a family who is getting that update as well with a daughter who they no longer have with them. Right. But as far as today goes, they have upgraded the... Initially, um, as you all know, if you don't know, her boyfriend is missing um, on the run. (laughs) I don't think he's missing. But initially, for the past week or so... Has it been a week? Yeah, a week tomorrow that they reported missing. No, today. They reported missing on a Friday. Yeah, okay. Friday or Saturday. So they hadn't seen him since Monday or Tuesday, and it was done on a Friday. Yeah, so initially they've been treating this as um, a missing person case for him, the search and rescue and within the past 24 hours, it is now being labeled as a manhunt. It is no longer like we are trying to find this missing person. It is now we are trying to find someone who has a charge against him right now. Because initially he was just a person of interest. Now he is getting charged with using credit card, card fraud. Yeah, credit card fraud because he withdrew $1,000 from her debit card after he returned to Florida. Which I just don't even understand what mentally Mm -hmm. could have broken in him to do this because they weren't just like it's not like they met on tinder yesterday and they were on some like spontaneous trip they dated for a very long Mm -hmm. time and that's the thing that bothers me the most about the whole situation is the way his family has handled it i couldn't imagine having a person living in my home and treating them like my child and then being so cavalier and acting like nothing happened. And I, this is the only theory I'm going to throw out there, but I think they have had everything to do with him disappearing. I think they gave him an intentional head start of three days. And I think they might have taken him somewhere to help him get out of the, get out of the area. Well, what we know now is that apparently he told them that he was going on a hike 
And it wasn't just like a random hike. He's going to a 25,000 acre swampland nature reserve. Yeah. So they told, he told them on Tuesday, allegedly, because I don't even know if their time, if we can trust their timeline at this point. I don't think that conversation ever even happened. And they don't report him missing until Friday or Saturday. So they have their son who at this point, like as a parent, if you see like your son being the face of media, people like destroying him on social media, the media, like news, massive news channels, his face is plastered everywhere. I couldn't imagine even one, letting him leave the house right. out of my sight. And two, being okay with him being gone for like four days before I go to the authorities to tell them, hey, like, I don't know where he is. And not only that, but apparently he drove his Mustang there. Uh, I guess a park ranger gave him a ticket because his car was parked in the spot that it wasn't supposed to be parked at and didn't run the plates. So I didn't know it was his car. Um, and then their, his parents just go pick up the car and, like, leave him there. So not only is he missing, but he now has no, no trans- transportation home. Which is why I think that shows complete and total yeah. motive on their part. They never expected him to come back to no. try and find that car. And I can, I, I, can, I would not be surprised if they face some obstruction charges. Yeah. If they do find him and, like, the story comes to light. I think that they are honing in on him. If I... About an hour ago, I saw a video from someone who lives in the area of Northport, Florida, where he's at, Sarasota area, and um, they recently said that they want no news helicopters flying over that area that they're searching now. They're, they've honed in on one specific area, and you got to think, like, 25,000 acres, that is a lot of fucking land. Yeah. So the fact that they've now narrowed it down to one specific area that they are putting all of their energy into makes me think that... They've gotten some information. There's trail cameras everywhere in yeah. that area that I've read. You can go online on like Sarasota's wildlife thing and see pictures from trail cameras. He probably didn't know that. And I'm assuming, I mean, I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming that they have some sort of information. They they know more at all times than what they're telling us. And there's also probably other campers out oh, there yeah. that somebody might be For like, people oh, who hell, live in that area. On? Like, I mean... I don't know. The fact that they've honed in on one area and they said that they want no news flying over that makes me think that they're getting close to finding where he is. I think I'd give them about two or three days. Uh, if even that, if it's that, if it's that small yeah. of an area they're focused mm-hmm. on. Can I just say something that I think is a really unfortunate side effect of him having ran away? The amount of poor, unsuspecting, average bald mm-hmm. white dudes that are being mislabeled as yeah. him and our are... guy on the uh trail camera yeah somewhere in like northern florida he literally had nothing to do with it and there's so many there's so many others there's, yeah i keep it's seeing a bad like, day to be a bald man with facial hair <laughs> i keep seeing all of these posts from people like i think i saw him and i'm like that does not look like him at all and he's a pretty normal looking dude so i imagine a lot of guys out there around his age probably look like him mm-hmm. i mean just a bald guy with some facial hair he looks like a normal guy yeah, who's like athletic. Athletic. he's like 23 yeah. 22 22 like they look i'm sure there's people out there who look a lot like him but yeah those of you who do look a lot like him please be safe <laughs> yeah. yourselves um i would hate for somebody to get accidentally beaten to death yeah. for not even having anything to do with it that'd be horrible so you want to talk about our drink for today oh yeah we're drinking a moscow mule today um <laughs> I feel like when you look up, like, the signature drink of at least 30 states in America, it is the Moscow Mule. But our case today that we're talking about takes place in Montana, and that's the first one that comes up is a Moscow Mule on, like, multiple articles. So, 
it's becoming increasingly more difficult to find really good signature drinks. And mm -hmm. I want to throw this out there. I'm thinking about opening it up for people to submit their favorite drink. Oh, yeah, that'd be And then maybe we might get a little more variety and mm -hmm. not be drinking all Moscow Muley type thing. I feel like our drinks have been, with the exception of a couple, very similar because apparently America is really boring with their drink taste and we all drink the same thing. Yeah. But I bet there's some really cool things. What we had... Uh, new well you had a new shot last night that somebody made what was it american honey yeah, and it's called like a honey badger it's american honey and rum chata it's pretty good i would not put it in a oh no no <laughs> not no full size class and sip on it but it was all right that's just shot the only reason why i bring that up is there are lots of drinks we don't know oh yeah and people make up their own drinks all the time so mm -hmm. if you have some really cool yummy drink or anything that you don't think is like on the beaten path Something you can just like make it on your own. It doesn't even have to be like a cocktail that has a name. I'm a bartender, so some of the shit that I hear is nuts. Like I have people walk up to me with like a shot name that's like seven sentences long. Yeah. Like expect me to know what it is. And then like, they never you know, know what's in it. Do you know how to make like a, a midnight sunset off the shore of Boston? <laughs> I'm like, what? In late December yeah, in and the then, morning. Yeah, and they're always like, what, you've never heard of that? I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? It's the best thing ever. It's like <laughs> vodka and Red Bull. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You mean so like a vodka, vodka Red Bull? Bull? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's usually all the same three ingredients. And one of my favorite, well, it's not my favorite, one of the most frustrating things, I think, because I have been a bartender also, to do, please don't be this person. Don't be this girl. Do not go into a bar and say, I want a shot that's going to get me drunk, but I don't like the taste of alcohol, so make me something fruity. Shut up. No, that doesn't exist. And you're going to get the same thing every time. Yeah. You're, you're getting a kamikaze, baby. <laughs> Just don't be that's, that's that person. It. Just be normal. You're either going to get a kamikaze or a Vegas bomb, and you're going to shut up and drink it. I feel like we should start reenacting coyote ugly on people and just spraying them with water in the face like <laughs> right. emily does yeah goodness all right one last little thing before you get into your story oh but hold on oh, the ingredients sorry. of a moscow mule oh, you yeah. should probably tell that i'm sure you already know but it's vodka i use flavored vodka because we didn't have limes so i used um the rest of our cherry vodka that we had left over from another drink um and vodka ginger beer and lime and then of course it's served over ice and i needed something to Give mine a little more flavor. So I actually took a um, part of a, was, are they Clementine's cuties. cuties? And cut it in half and squeezed the juice from that in there. And it's really tasty. Mm -hmm. I like that I Googled it first to make sure I wasn't going to do some really disgusting <laughs> thing. And actually orange slices and Moscow mules are as popular as limes. Mm -hmm. It's weird. But I stumbled upon this story. And I know it's not my week, but I thought that Emma needed to know that some guy in Turkey was on like some urban X expedition and he came across a town. It's a ghost town filled with abandoned Disney castles. No, they're like little miniature Disney castles. Apparently okay, some, the miniature ones. That's okay. They're that's not, not as scary made, as what I was imagining. No, they're made for people to live in. So it is oh, some know. kind of development that was, underway they had like some grant to, or project going and all these people had put money down on their houses probably some disney thing that fell through and then with covid things got really messed up and they didn't get to finish the project so they now let people come in and just kind of like explore around town 
legitimately one of the most terrifying scenes I think I've ever seen. And I'm going to post it on our Facebook and Twitter. It it's look so real. weird. Okay. You can't see the picture yet, but it look it's weird because they're, none of them are painted. So it's all like grayscale. That's real. Yeah, it's real. It looks like little. It literally looks like it's so prison. Scary. I don't like it. Yeah, I hate that. What the? It's like, yeah, I don't like that at all. No, it's really, really strange. So if you would like, and you are going to be, here's one of them up close. If you're in Turkey and you want to go be terrified by many Mickey Mouse houses. That doesn't even give me like a that. Disney it's vibe. so weird. I mean, that's really pretty. If that were to came, come to fruition, it probably would have been pretty cool. But yeah, I'll post a link to the story and show some of the pictures on our Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and you can check it out yourself. But I felt like we needed to discuss why in the actual hell this exists and what psychopath thought anybody. And I guess actually lots of people wanted to live in this land of all the same freaking mini castles. Creepy. <laughs> Yeah, right, that's all I, I got. Like the concept of ghost towns is just crazy in general. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Especially yeah. when, like, I mean, that's different because no one actually, like, lived there. But, like, towns that were once full of life that now, like, can literally have no one living there. Or, like, the ones that just up and disappear. We should do some of those. Krakatoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> Roanoke and some other things. Talk about those stories. Because the idea that that many people can just up and vanish at one time is really interesting mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. And scary. Very scary. It's like alternate universe type stuff. All right. So we are going to get into the story. Um, this one was suggested to us multiple times by the same person. Hello, Carl Herman, Hi, Carl. if you're listening. <laughs> um, I don't want to say you forced my hand, but you kind of forced my hand to look into this. But it is very interesting. Um, it's not very long. There's not much information about it because I don't think they really have much to go on. To go on, yeah. Just kind of happened and then that was it. And it is not as heartbreaking as the last one I did. It's still pretty sad and strange, but instead of it being like a murder spree, it's just a disappearance okay. of a person. And we are going to be discussing the case of the strange disappearance of Patricia Meehan. So at 8.15 p.m. on the night of April 20th, 1989, Peggy Bueller and her parents were driving to Great Falls, Montana on Highway 200 near Circle, Montana to visit her sister. Driving behind them was off-duty police dispatcher Carol Heights. Out of nowhere, a car driving the opposite direction swerved onto their side of the road. Peggy luckily, oh, excuse me. Peggy luckily swerved out of the way, just barely missing what would have been a catastrophic head-on collision. And Carol pulled over to the side of the road to avoid being hit as well, but the mystery car still collided with her. Carol was not seriously injured, but she was still dazed and shaken up as you would be, and she exited her car. The unknown wrongway driver, who was described as a blonde woman, did the same. She walked up to Carol, looked at her for a couple of seconds, and said absolutely nothing. Carol said it was as if she was looking right through her. She then turned around and walked away. Well, that's crazy. Peggy and her parents stopped at the scene of the accident to make sure everyone was okay, and Peggy recalls seeing the woman climb over a fence to the other side a few yards away and stand there motionless. She described it as if she was looking at the scene as a bystander and not someone who was involved. The mystery woman then turned around, walked into a field, and ultimately vanished. Just walked into the sunset, like reverse yeah, field of dreams. Just left. Oh, no, like field of dreams. Yeah, she just walked away. Crazy. 
Bueller immediately drove into town to reach a phone, and her father stayed behind with Carol at the scene of the accident. When the police arrived, the unidentified female driver of the wrongway vehicle was nowhere to be found. Within half an hour, the police had traced the vehicle back to its owner, 38-year-old Patricia Meehan. She was born on November 1, 1951 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, to her parents, Dolly and Thomas Meehan. She attended college in Oklahoma City, where she studied early childhood development to prepare for a desired career in daycare. But in 1985, she relocated to Bozeman, Montana, where she worked as a ranch hand, which was a massive career shift for her. So she went from wanting to work in a daycare to having like this very nature, like I'm just going to work as a ranch hand in Montana, which is very different. Like you went from Pittsburgh. Yeah. She went from Pittsburgh, which is, you know, bustling city, to the middle of Montana, which is honestly admirable. I, was gonna <laughs> I say, would probably love to do that. It doesn't sound terrible. No, it sounds pretty awesome. Um, here, she worked other odd jobs to support herself, so she wasn't just being a ranch hand. She was doing all kinds of stuff. The last person to see Patricia prior to her disappearance was her landlord, landlord who claimed that her demeanor was out of the ordinary and that she seemed hyper. On April 19th, the day before her disappearance, she spoke with her father in Pittsburgh over the phone and said that she was under a lot of stress and she wanted to come home. When I hear the word hyper, I automatically think maybe she was like manic manic bipolar. Yeah. Yeah. The search for her began immediately. However, the police had no idea if she was injured or if she was purposely evading and hiding from them. I mean, they have no clue. Mm -hmm. They don't know if she like got scared and was like, oh shit, I need to run away. Maybe she's drunk and she's trying to hide. Or hit her head and she's like out of it. Right. They don't know what they're dealing with or what they're walking into. They did find tracks from a pair of tennis shoes in the field near the scene of the accident that went on for several miles. And uh, they were believed to be hers due to the size of the shoe. But it led them to nothing and no one. And by 3 o'clock in the morning, the search was suspended until later that day as the tracks eventually disappeared in the terrain. It continued on for the next five days, but no trace of her was found. The Meehan family arrived in Montana shortly after their daughter's disappearance and handed out over 2,000 missing persons flyers throughout the area. Local volunteer search teams scoured the surrounding mountains and fields near the site of the crash using ATVs and horses because, I mean, you have to think this terrain is like field. Right. They got to get around somehow. And the Meehan family also employed a helicopter to do like overhead searches, see if they could see anything in the woods or the field, but they all came up empty-handed. They searched everywhere and they even went as far as to look in like abandoned coal mines to see if like maybe she had just crawled in there somewhere. They found no sight of her at all. No blood trail, anything like that. Just the shoes was the only thing that they found and those eventually just stopped. The shoe tracks. Yeah. Just like she was walking and then all of a sudden there's no more anything. Can't that's so strange. Mm -hmm. Where the crash took place, it gets stranger, was nearly four hundred miles from her home in Bozeman. Law enforcement, as well as her family, could not explain why she would ever be in that area to begin with. She had no reason to be there. She had not told anyone she was going to travel there. No, for all accounts, she should have been traveling toward her family. Right. I mean, if she said that she wanted to come home, but she was not. Her mother claimed that Patricia was experiencing depression, and at the time, she had been seeing a psychiatrist. And she actually had an appointment scheduled with them for the next day, April 21st, which... Makes me really sad. That is really sad. Amidst, amidst her belongings, her family found a roll of film on her camera that they had developed, which revealed a self-portrait she had taken in front of a mirror only a couple days ago. And I'm going to post that so you guys can see it, just so you can get an idea of what she looked like and what was going on a couple of days before this happened. Early on in the case, it was suspected that Patricia was suffering from amnesia. 
Police also initially theorized that she had fled the scene by hitchhiking or hiding in a hay truck that was parked 0.5 miles away from the accident site, but no sightings were ever reported to back either of those claims. Was there a, they know there was a hay truck parked Yeah, there was there? one parked like 0.5 miles away, so but then, she was not in it. But I was going to say, but then they could also check and see where that hay truck end up. Yeah. Those kinds of things. And I know that they're saying that she has amnesia, but that doesn't make your tracks disappear. Well, the tracks disappeared because the terrain got different. So oh, the way that okay. I think is she was probably walking in dirt and then she turned to grass and, you know, there's no... Nothing yes. to step on anymore. I don't think she got, like, abducted I was, by I, That's what I was thinking. I'm like, I'm getting some X-Files vibes. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, no, I think the tracks just... The terrain wasn't fit to hold footprints is what I would have to say. Okay. Yeah. So there was nowhere for them to go. There was no more leads because right. they just couldn't They just cut tracks. off. Kind of like in the snow. Like, sometimes you have footprints and then they just trail mm -hmm. off. Kind of like that. That's how I took it, at least. So... As of today, there have been over 5,000 reported sightings of a woman resembling Meehan since her disappearance. On May 4th, 1989, so this is only less than a month later, a police officer in Laverne, Minnesota, claimed to have seen her sitting inside of a Hardee's, drinking water alone in a booth for over five hours until the restaurant closed. She's just sitting there for five hours drinking water. <laughs> and Hardee's wasn't like, you're loitering, get the hell out. Um, I don't know. She then walked to a nearby 24-hour diner, and the officer questioned her. Thank God. I was yeah. about to say. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure if you see somebody sitting somewhere for five hours sipping on some water, you yeah. might want to talk to them. So the officer questioned her, and the woman refused to give her name, but she claimed first that she was from Colorado and then that she was from Israel. The next day, May 5th, two other sightings of Patricia were reported. The first was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where a waitress claimed that Meehan had sat inside a truck stop di diner drinking coffee from 12 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., which is almost 12 hours. Well, at least she found some coffee money this time. Yeah. That same day, the second report was made from another waitress in Murdo, South Dakota, who reported seeing her between 10 and 11 p.m. with a random man who appeared to be in his 30s. On May 19, 1989, another waitress at a restaurant near Patricia's home in Bozeman reported seeing her in that area. She said that she ordered breakfast in a very very rushed manner and stated that she had to go shopping at 9 a.m. A separate waitress working at the same restaurant reported that she appeared disoriented and seemed to be talking to herself. That same week, another sighting of her was reported at a horse auction in Billings, Montana. Pretty strange. That's a lot of um, area to be covering. Yeah, and we'll get into that in a little bit, what people think, how she got so far. By June of 1989, over 25 sightings of Patricia had been reported, and three of them were confirmed by the police. Other reports were received throughout the Pacific Northwest, many of which were at truck stops between Montana and Seattle. Law enforcement believed, firmly believed that Meehan may have been in Washington at this time due to the fact that her sister lived in Seattle and her ex-boyfriend lived in Spokane. So she would have a reason to be in that area. On August 30th, 1990, two years after the accident, a woman was arrested by the police in Idaho for littering. The woman strongly resembled Patricia, and the arresting officer actually initially thought it was her. On September 1st, the woman appeared in court where she claimed before a judge to be a missionary traveling between Montana and Washington. Although this information made the Seattle Times, it was confirmed through fingerprint analysis that this woman was indeed not Patricia. Can we just talk about the fact that they arrested her for littering? Yeah, apparently they said that she was like a... What is the word that you use for someone who is like 
not tied to a place like um transient yeah they okay. describe her as transient so i wonder if maybe she looked like a little maybe they arrested her so they could find out more about her and hold her for a little bit yeah that, i mean they that said that not only did she like look like her but she sounded like her and that that also like worries me that there's a woman in that area who is not her who strongly resembles her because a lot of these sightings could be that transient woman right moving all over yeah and also if they said that they thought she was in Washington or Seattle because her boyfriend, ex-boyfriend and sister lived there, did she ever go see them? No, she hasn't seen a member of her family since then. So then I wouldn't understand why they would make that connection. I think maybe if we're going off of the amnesia thing or head injury thing, you would think that like over time a little information would come back to you. So maybe she was like, well... I know somebody. I know someone in this area. I'm going to go there. I mean, that makes a little more sense. Yeah. So her case gained a lot of traction and was featured on an episode of NBC's Unsolved Mysteries on November 1st, 1989, which would have been her 38th birthday. Although many years have passed with no word from, from Patricia, her family still holds out hope that she may one day find her way home. Her dad is quoted saying, more than anything in the world, I want her back with us. And we would then know that she was safe. Not knowing who she is taking a ride from, that's my biggest worry. I just pray day in and day out that she's with some good people. Did they keep in close contact, I wonder, before she went missing? Uh, yeah, like I think she... really abnormal behavior? Um, Given the fact that her mom knew that she had been feeling, like, depressed lately, and she called her dad, like, the day before to tell her, that, like, tell him that she wanted to come home, I think she probably talked to them somewhat often. close with them yeah it's really sad i would that i think that would be one of the worst things ever mm. is never knowing what happened to someone that you love yeah and that quote like kind of broke my heart like he just prays that she's with people who are taking care of her yeah which is so sad and i guess there are instances where amnesia is permanent yeah which is so sad terrifying and you would like never know um we're gonna get into some theories in a second but we're gonna take a quick break here and we'll be right back It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so uh, we're going to get into a few theories here, and there are a couple. Um, I'm only going to mention the ones that make the most sense and the ones that have been entertained by law enforcement and people around her because, as we were talking about earlier, like with Gabby Petito, cases like this bring out the worst in people, and they theorize some really crazy shit. Like, when we were talking about Lacey Peterson, there were theories that she was murdered by, like, a satanic cult. And yeah. just, like, really off-the-wall, disrespectful things. So I'm only going to talk about the ones that seem probable and that seem most respectful to her. I'm not going to say something crazy. And she was not abducted by aliens. That is crazy. That, yeah, I did not <laughs> No, that was just a joke. But there, I'm sure there's people out there who believe that to be true. So, like I said earlier, one is being that she... 
did indeed have amnesia, which is very popular, and it is a theory that they use on Unsolved Mysteries, and they use it often on Unsolved Mysteries for missing persons cases, like, all the time. It is possible that she could not remember who she was, therefore she made no attempt to reach out to her family or law enforcement. Um, if you don't know who you are, or what your name is, or what's just happened to you, how could you know that people are looking for you? I'm kind of curious if people that have amnesia like that, if they, like, start thinking of their self with, like, a different name, or... Kind of, like, rebuilding their life. Yeah, if they go to a... Like, say she did end up in a different town, and she met people, and she said she didn't know her name. I would hope, in that case, people would refer her to authorities, but... If they started, like, oh, well, you look like, uh, Cindy, or... Mm -hmm. And then she, you know, started working at a job and doing things and was then forever known as, like, Cindy. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible. My only thing is her landlord saw her, was the last person to see her, and did say that she was, like, hyper and acting a little off. But the fact that they, like, spoke, I feel like he would have known if she, like, was completely out of it to the point where she didn't know who she was. And if she was in a manic state, it is also possible she intentionally ran into that other Yeah, we're, which we will get into. Oh, that is I'm also sorry. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, so many people believe that Patricia was indeed in a depressive state and that she drove into the other car on purpose oh, right in an attempt to end her own life. Um, although there is nothing in her life to indicate that she was suicidal, it's typically hard to tell when someone is. And with her family being so far away, they wouldn't have been able to tell... She was suicidal without her directly standing it over the phone with them or, you know, she's out there by herself. No did, one would know. Did you say she was still working, actively mm -hmm. working as the ranch hand at yeah. the time? Did, did you come across anything no, they about never, what they said? Like if she was acting I don't think she was work? acting. I think she was acting perfectly fine. Um, the last person to like talk to her over the phone was her dad. And she did say that she was not doing well and she was under a lot of stress and wanted to come home. But her work has not, like, said anything. So I'm assuming she was probably fine. Probably. From my really vast knowledge of ranch hand work <laughs> that I have from watching the show Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, I can say that it probably is mentally draining. Oh, yeah. And also just being in a place by herself. Like, your family's halfway across the country. You don't really know anybody. I mean, it's probably isolating and lonely and sad. Probably. Um, the fact that her landlord claimed that she was recognizably hyper when he saw her last could mean that she was in a manic state, like you said. Mm -hmm. And a side effect of mania is reckless behavior. It is po impossible for us to know Patricia's mental state at the time of the incident, and I don't want to diagnose her myself, but it would provide some context as to why the hell she was driving on the wrong side of the road to begin right. with. Um, that's not normal behavior. No, definitely not. Another theory is that the car accident was indeed an accident and Patricia suffered from a severe head injury in the crash, which resulted in her confusion and her walking away. People believe that she experienced some form of memory loss due to this accident and that she then wandered off to a more populated area, not knowing who she was or where she belonged. The theory states that she then began hitchhiking rides with truck drivers, which would explain why so many sightings of her were reported at truck stops. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because a lot of her sightings were like truck stop diners, just, you know, with random like 30-year-old men, which would be truckers probably. Yeah, and this was during a time when hitchhiking was a little Very more common. common than it is and now. And way more safe. Um, what worries me the most is that she could have hitched a ride from a not-so-savory character and they could have taken advantage of her confused state. I mean, a lot of people are 
opportunistic, like I said, mm -hmm. and are evil. And, you know, you come across this 38-year-old woman, very pretty, who is very obviously confused. And you could take advantage of that in a heartbeat. And she might have ended up in a place far enough away where there wasn't that much media attention. Mm -hmm. So if they did, like something happened to her and they discovered a body, yeah, it's possible they would never have thought to DNA test to see if it was her. Yeah. And also, yeah, she could have passed by natural causes at this point. Um, and due to the fact that she would not have any ID or any people close to her around to identify her, her death would have just been logged as an un unidentified decedent. That's sad. And she could have died in the meantime, too. Like, Yeah, I mean, you think like if she's later or not even that's what I meant. Yeah. Like oh, okay. If she went on um, and she did just like pass of natural causes, whatever, they wouldn't know who she was. I mean, at the time they weren't like. DNA testing all over the place, you know? Um, I was going to say something. I'm trying to think. Oh, also, like, with a head injury, if she did wander off into this dark field at 9 p.m. at night in the middle of Montana, um, and she had a head injury, she could have, like, laid down and just, you know, died. But you'd think that they'd find her body. The know. fact that they, like, searched. But they only searched for five days, which does not feel like a long time to me. Well, once the trail runs cold, you really don't have anything else to do. And, and then she is an adult, too. At that point in time, you're wasting manpower, I guess, that you probably need other places. I guess so. And there is probably considerable wildlife in that area that if she did, say she did have a head injury and she stumbled off, I mean, it is possible that she died and something ate her, as morbid as that is. Yeah, but it's almost like how far could you get in that amount of time to where no one would ever see you again? Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, like, bones by now would have been scoped. I mean, like, people go missing and they find bones, like, 40 years later and, and there, identify but them. But there could also be an unknown cave that they they thought they checked all the caves, but there's some that they don't know about. There's lots of things. Yeah. It's very scary. The world is scary. Mm -hmm. um, but it is very possible that Patricia is still around today. It's 2021, so by now she would be around 70 years old. People are still searching. And I do believe that there's probably someone out there who has some piece of information that could possibly close this case. Someone has to, like, had to have seen her. You have all these people who are spotting her in diners and reporting it. But what about all the people who picked her up to get her to those places? Right. Like, someone had to get her there. She's not traveling from South Dakota to Washington State on foot. No. It's not happening. I mean, she could have been uh, the vic become the victim of another serial killer too. There's lots of Jane I mean, Doe's especially on those, serial killers, especially on those highways where where all of that happens. Mm -hmm. But if you or anyone you know holds any information regarding the disappearance of Patricia Meehan, please contact the Macomb County Sheriff's Office at 406-485-3405 in reference to case number 894201. So, what do you think? I think that's an incredibly sad story, and I would yeah. hate to be her family. I'm assuming at this point, if she would be 70, that her parents probably are no longer, are no longer living. Yeah, I'm going to show you the last picture she took. But maybe her sister still would be, or someone else. This is the last picture that I'll post it for you all to see, but this is the last picture that they developed Aww. on her camera. And she, she kind of looks haunted and sad. She has a really sad look to her face. And, like, the self-portrait, like, I mean, you could read into that. Or, like, she's kind of forgetting who she is. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that she was seeing a psychiatrist, like, you... If she had, like, random amnesia, like, you would think that her psychiatrist... I mean, she's regularly seeing a psychiatrist. 
you think her psychiatrist would be like, she's showing signs of me rapid memory loss. Yeah, I think they're saying the amnesia they think might be from the head injury. Well, they were also justifying it as the reason why she crashed her oh, car. that's true. But, like, what? I guess I'm not well-versed in amnesia or what causes it. Like, I know traumatic head injuries can cause that, but what? I don't know what else would cause that, necessarily. I think, and I'm not 100% sure, but if she was seeing a new psychiatrist, I think it is possible that maybe they were trying some medication, and it could be that she had some bad side effect to some new medicine. During this time, there were not nearly as many antidepressive medicines as we have mm. now and most of the ones they did use to treat people had significant side effects so it could be that she was on medication and it led to amnesia it could be that she was manic bipolar and had a form of a psychotic break that led to the amnesia it almost sounds like disassociation because with her staring at the other person after they got to the wreck and not really recognize her or, really or not making... even talking like not even yeah. saying oh my god i'm sorry i just hit you it sounds like somebody who might not have been living with a really firm foundation of um being present not feeling present and that possibly that maybe she just wandered off because she didn't realize that it was real i mean i've been maybe. reading up some on some things and that's i guess a little more common than we know that there are Things that happen where people don't feel like they're living a real life. And maybe that's something that happened. Mental. Uh, the human brain is so complex and so amazing and really scary in lots of ways that there are so many things that we don't even know exist until we have some opportunity like this or something arises where we need to take a look a little deeper. And then you start seeing all these things that can happen that you had no clue were even a thing. Okay, so I'm looking at... Um... A website that details what can cause sudden memory loss because obviously memory loss like gradual memory loss can be caused by like dementia alzheimer's you know mm -hmm. just like forgetting things over time but immediately forgetting things um it, it does say that many of these are treatable which also makes me sad yeah if this was the case but you can get sudden memory loss from a lot of prescription drugs that you take most of which are um, anti-anxiety, antidepressant, um, there's some high blood pressure meds, anti-seizure meds, some sleep medicine, um, depression can affect the way that you focus. Um, you can like lose interest in things and then kind of just like forget like what's going on. Um, apparently a vitamin B12 deficiency. I didn't know about the vitamin deficiency. Yeah. Um, alcohol abuse. I haven't heard anything about her doing that. Um, is that when you're impaired that you don't remember or is it after like when, say when you sober up and not remembering what happened the night before, is that what they're talking about? Well, it says that like you like, can have like short term memory loss in the form of blacking out. But if you drink a lot, um, memory loss can become permanent. Oh gosh. That's terrible. I mean, I'm assuming that's drinking incredibly heavily. We're gonna head injuries, obviously a stroke. Yeah, or I was thinking stroke, or maybe even like. Do you think? I mean, that could explain that... why she was driving on the wrong side of the road. I mean, a lot of like health emergencies are mistaken for like reckless people being driving. under the influence or like reckless driving. Like a lot of times, cops will pull people over thinking that they're like drunk off their ass and they're having like a massive diabetic like crash. And it could also be, I don't know, I don't think you read this off, but there are some forms of epilepsy 
that cause sudden um, memory loss. And it's, you have epilepsy and say you're having a seizure, it can cause memory loss during that moment. And sometimes if you have enough seizures, it can cause permanent memory loss. Okay, so and I that would seeing, explain the crash. I too. am seeing this thing that says that there is a form of amnesia that is called transient global amnesia, which is a type of memory loss where you suddenly, like out of nowhere, forget where you are or what's happened recently. And this can happen after either a head injury, emotional upset, which we know that she was going through. She has both of those. And um, like an intense exercise, which, you know, I don't necessarily think that could be probable. But she was going through... She, I mean, we don't even know if she hit her head, though. No one said that she was bleeding when they were looking at her. I, I think you should... Like, the crash wasn't there's... catastrophic. It was no, just... but I would imagine there was probably some kind of... Even if she didn't hit her head, she could still have, like, gotten, like, maybe some concussion kind of thing. Or or even just being disoriented from the fact that it happened. I don't know. All I know is that I now have something else to be <laughs> terrified about. Sudden memory loss. Not remembering. exercise can make you Right. I'm going to be doing Pilates one day and I'm going <laughs> to overstrain and forget who I am. Yeah. I don't like Scary. this. It's yeah. the human brain is crazy. Our true crime ones are supposed to make me not completely freaked out. Why would Some they not? Them, That's well, way scarier than your ghost stuff. Not always. Um, your cat came downstairs. Emma's cat hates the other cats in the house. She's um, she's been on the streets, so she's very, <laughs> very protective of herself. And a couple of her cats are assholes. And she never comes downstairs, and she just slinked away into my that bedroom. That is very weird. Yeah, she's never done that ever. I guess I shouldn't say your true crime stories are supposed to make me feel better. Yeah, it's supposed to make you feel better about the real fucked up things that well, happen to I, people. What I mean is, like, the ghost stories tend to scare me a little more than the true crime ones do. I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know what didn't scare me? I'm sorry, <laughs> Mr. James Wan, but Malignant can suck it. It was the worst movie I was so excited. It wasn't the worst movie, but it was not good. Dude, I was so excited to go see it. I'm very glad we were the only ones in the theater because I was laughing. Yeah, it, well, I, I, some people online say that's what they were going for, but it wasn't campy like an old Evil Dead. I would kind of believe thing. that if he had a history of movies right. like that. But all of, I mean, this is the dude who did The Conjuring, like, and Insidious. That movie is terrifying. And he's and never been like James Wan is not that king of camp, like. <laughs> and if that was camp, he did a really bad job because I love campy horror and Me I love too. bad B budget horror. That was just horribly acted. I mean, it didn't. It wasn't an ugly movie. It looked all right. Soundtrack I, was not great. Uh, very I have weird. Nothing. Actually, go I, see it for yourself because a lot of people did like it. I can I can appreciate the first twenty to thirty minutes of it. I actually there were parts I thought were scary and the way they were going before it all went to hell and shit. And I wanted to throw my popcorn at the freaking screen. Had lots of potential, mm -hmm. and it could have been a really good scary movie. It just took it a very, and very then it just weird turned route. Into some <laughs> what the hell am I craziness. Watching? I don't know. I I feel like I have to give you all a public service announcement because if I watch it on HBO, don't spend the money. Yeah, we went on five dollar movie day because we got a new theater and they do that. And I am really glad I only paid five dollars a person to see it because I can't even with that. We are actually getting ready to have a double feature movie night tonight. I'm really excited about that. We're going to watch some movies that I have seen that are both really good. So we're going to watch what we decide on The Craft. The Craft and Return of the Living Dead. 
Return of the Living Dead. If you want to watch real camp, watch Return of the Living Dead. Right. Yeah. I cannot find a flaw with that movie. It's actually, it's funny. It was one of the, um, yeah, one of the first scary movies I ever saw. I think I told you this story, but back when I was younger, there was this really cool drive-in and they would show adult movies on one screen and kids movies on the other. So we were in the back of the station wagon and we were supposed to be watching Charlie Brown and some other stuff. It was like Charlie Brown's Halloween. Great pumpkin. Yeah. And I was peeking at Fright Night and Return of the Living Dead on the big screen, on the adult screen. Yeah. And it became very apparent when I started screaming because it scared me. I was like, don't look at me like that. I was like seven. Screams. Yeah. I was, I was pretty scared. I can say that I've never screamed at a scary movie in my life. I didn't. (laughs) <laughs> subject you to Fright Night or Return of Living Dead when you were seven. No, I just watched Paranormal Activity in fifth grade. Wow, you were a lot older than nine. seven. I was nine. No, ten or eleven. Gosh, such baby. And a late birthday. It was nine. Yeah. As much as I would like to continue talking about all of this stuff, I'd rather just go start our scary movie night. And I'm kind of hungry too. <laughs> we gotta go get snacks. We have people coming over. We're gonna watch them outside under the semi-full moon it's still kind of it's near the end of the month yeah it should be full soon but thank you for listening um last shout out to carl here's your story we hope you liked it carl now back (laughs) off uh i've enjoyed researching it i wish there was more information out there i have not watched the unsolved mysteries episode but i'm gonna see if i can try to find it see if they said a little more um but yeah thank you for listening uh, follow and like us on all your preferred listening pla- platforms. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, go to our new merch link. And oh, yeah. We, we launched merch our merch. Up. Yep. We launched our merch. So we have all we could ever want. We're probably going to be doing a contest soon to give away some of that merch for uh, some of our top fans on Facebook and some other things. So be looking out for that. We'll get you hooked up with something, possibly. And... Please also don't forget, send us your stories. If you don't have your own story, but you have a story suggestion like Carl did, that would be awesome also. Yeah, like give us some cases that maybe don't get as much traffic that need to be looked into. Because, I mean, a lot of true crime, the true crime community has covered it all. Mm -hmm. I feel like at this point, and a lot of them are way more popular than the others that everyone wants to hear. Casey Anthony, you know, Scott Peterson, stuff like that. So give us some that haven't been talked about as much. I'd like to give those people a platform too. Give them, yeah, give them a voice. So in the meantime, we want you to, like Emma said, go out, follow us, but we will be back in a week when we dive into another terrifying tale and concoct a new delicious drink to wash down the horror. Now get out there and meet some ghosts and make some toasts. See ya.